Welcome to the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking. And guess what, y'all? We black in the garden. You have arrived at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking, hostess with the mostest of Black in the Garden. Hey, Soil Cousins, it's your girl, Cola B. Talking, hostess with the mostest of the Black in the Garden podcast. And I am so glad that you are joining me today. Always happy to have your ears and your attention because, you know, every play, every stream counts towards Black in the Garden achieving world domination. Just kidding. But am I? (laughs) We'll figure it out. We'll get there. But in the meanwhile, it is March. Uh, We're getting that much closer to spring. We are getting us some daylight. Uh, I call it daylight spending. That's what we call it around here because, you know, maybe you lose an hour. But what do you gain, though? What do you gain? Because you spring forward, right? It's, what do they say? Spring forward, fall back? Y- y'all know the, the sayings. We have to figure out ways to help us remember the things. But anywho, yeah. So getting that much closer to spring, so much amazing things have been happening with uh with Black in the Garden specifically, I know like the world, <laughs> there's been some wild things going on in the world. But fortunately for you, we're not here to talk about all that because you know what you do have access to is so many news outlets and political and uh, current events and just, you know, talking about all the things type of podcast. But Black in the Garden is just not that. And I had to get to that point early in the game so that I could keep my sanity and make sure that we are staying on track and not trying to do all the things. And um, I'm just glad that that was something that I recognized is um, is necessary here. And if you are an OG soil cousin, as in a listener who has been keeping up since the early days, season one, if you will, of Black in the Garden, then you'll know, you, you'll get it. And uh, you'll come to appreciate that because, like I said, there are so many ways to take in information about all the things But this is a very specific show giving you Black excellence, botanical Black excellence uh, coming to you at the, you know, at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture. But let's be more specific. We're in season five and we really want to get into the very real and special and relevant past, present and future of Black people with plants. So that's what we do here. Um, funny enough, though, it's March. So let's leave with that because I want you to understand what's about to happen. It is March and it is Women's History Month. And so we have a really interesting guest who is, spoiler alert, not Black, but a woman, a very history, a very much history-making woman. I'm talking about Helen Grainer, who is the co-founder of iRobot. Y'all heard of iRobot, right? Not the movie. Was that the movie with Will Smith? We didn't talk about that in the, <laughs> in the interview. But is um, the co-founder of iRobot, 
uh, who produced the Roomba. I'm sure y'all are probably familiar with that appliance, which is a robotic uh, kind of like vacuum system. But we're not here to talk about Roomba. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Turtle. That's T-R-T-I-L-L. And that is this really dope machine that, um, well, she's going to tell you all about it. So why am I going to spoil that for you? I don't want that for you. I want you to listen because don't, don't cut it off now. Hear us out. I know that <laughs> this is an unprecedented subject matter uh, just concerning the fact that we are speaking with a white woman. And that is uh, an intentional decision that I made because I'm like, look, we're not always going to be talking to black people. We will certainly be talking to our um, some folks from the Asian diaspora. I, I think that I, that is the best way to describe it. The Asian diaspora. There is just so many. What a range there. What a range. Similar to, you know, uh, folks from the African diaspora. There's the diaspora of um, Asian culture and uh, different uh, ways to be Asian. And I hope that I'm saying that uh, correctly because I don't be trying to offend nobody. That's why I'm like, hey, we're all soil cousins at the end of the day. That is the best way we can keep track. But we'll be speaking to um, to individuals and, and plant enthusiasts and so on and so forth from uh, the Latinx community. Yes, we'll be getting into that. We're going to be getting into a lot more. And that really opens up the dialogue and that gives us more opportunities to discuss the ways in which we are all connected as soil cousins because the soil does connect us uh, through the land and through our interest in all the things that we do on it and with it, especially in relation to the plants. So uh, we're going to get to that in just a moment. I just want to make sure that you know how to do the things that we need to do to sustain Black in the Garden podcast. All right. So this is, in case you are not aware, an independently produced podcast. It is me, myself and my editor who bring you the sound. Oh, you know what? Can I rewind? Because I have not been doing this as consistently as I have I should have, but I need to make sure I'm giving credit to the producer and the composer of the Black in the Garden theme song that you hear, that you be bopping to when you first turn on Black in the Garden, this podcast as you're listening to right now. I know he was bopping. The energy is good. It's high. You felt that. You probably got a little shoulder shimmy or something in, and that was the intention. Shout out to Johnny Ill for that. You can find Johnny Ill, uh, the um, head of Ill Sounds, and uh, I will make sure that I get that linked in the show notes. Let me take a note of that because I be tripping sometimes. But yeah, so that is one person I want to make sure that we're giving credit to. And of course, my editor, Jerome, the podcast master. What more can I say? That is the person that makes sure that there's not 47 ums all up and through the first 13 minutes because your girl is also long-winded, so there's that. But speaking of being long-winded, let me not do that right now. I just want to make sure that we are aware of the ways to support the podcast. Don't want to get long-winded in that because I want you to pay special attention to the show notes. But in relation to this episode, which is a really cool special episode because we are showing love to 
uh, Helen Grainer, who is here to tell us all about this really dope invention that is um, revolutionizing the way that we are tending to our gardens and doing so with the turtle, that's T-E-R-T-I-L-L. -L. And I will just spoil this part because tur, T-E-R, is short for like terrain or terrestrial, if you will, in specific reference to the land until, of course, <laughs> any gardener worth a piece of dirt will understand that till is a verb that is um, an indication of uh, a way that we plow the land. You know, we kind of get it ready for cultivation. And so we'll we'll get more into that. Like I said, not spoiling it entirely. But what we do have that is special on this episode, and I haven't talked about this in quite some time, but we do have an affiliate link for the Turtle um, robotic weeding device. So cool. I can't wait until y'all hear this interview. That's why I'm like, let me hurry up and hush. But we have an affiliate link that will allow you to get a very cute discount on this product, all right? Because it is definitely available for sale. You actually are uh, among the first to hear about this product as it has launched very recently. And so with that in mind, um, because we are literally speaking to the owner of the Turtle Company, we are hooking y'all up with a discount. But what we need to make sure that we do to be intentional about making sure that I receive my proceeds from said affiliate discount, because that also helps my podcast to uh, receive some coins to uh, assist us in keeping this show in motion, which y'all love so much. You wouldn't have listened this far in, about 10 minutes deep, if you didn't care. So if you care enough to listen and you care enough and you're interested enough and ready enough to purchase the Turtle uh, device, then make sure that you use the link that is in the show notes. I, it's so hard for me to not say link in the bio. <laughs> It's not Instagram. It's not Instagram. But uh, you can find me at Black in the Garden on Instagram. You can find the Turtle page on Instagram. Those details are also in the show notes. And while you're looking in the show notes, which you should, because y'all, I write them. Like, it's me. It's I, me, all 10 fingers to the keyboard. I do that. So I would appreciate if you would at least glance at read it like just be like oh yeah I see what you did there that was a lot of words <laughs> or not a lot of words but what you'll see there are links uh that indicate how you can support the website that you can go to so that you can support our underground arborist initiative which is undergroundarborist.org we are planting a tree in every state in the United States which is pretty dope if you ask me we're literally out here making botanical black history. We also have a t-shirt. We have the Black in the Garden coloring experience, which is the coloring book that is designed to do many things, but specifically to enhance your experience listening to the Black in the Garden podcast. I ask y'all this all the time. What other podcast do you know is even giving you a whole ass experience to be able to color beautiful imagery of 
that is representative of the Black in the Garden um, podcast and be able to listen at the same time. I did you a favor. All you got to do is go to blackbokinthegarden.com to get your hands on the merch that I've just indicated. And that is a way that you can also provide some monetary support for the podcast, my dears. And you can also uh, do all the things that are that that don't require a monetary um what is the word I'm looking for? Y'all know I know words that require like a monetary contribution. See, it just took me. I sometimes I gotta slow down. Let's take a deep breath. We haven't done that in a while. We used to do that a lot more. Y'all remember that? Those of you used to listen back in season three and season four. Shout out to uh Travis who was on the show and was just giving us all of the 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 breaths and the meditations and the the very chill relaxed vibes because I get excited and I start talking loud and fast and I have to remember girl you don't you don't have to I know it's a podcast obviously you're here for the audio and so we don't want dead air we don't y'all ain't listening to me breathe I get I get that but you take a deep breath. This is not about me. This is about you checking in with you, Soil Cousins. Uh, by the time you hear this, there will be, um, it will be like right after the full moon that's coming up. Uh, by the time you hear this, it will be, like I said, that much closer to spring. And um, when I think about these types of things, I just consider our ability to be mindful, um, there are many things that are happening in the world. There are many things that are undoubtedly happening in your life. If you are an adult, it's like, how the hell are you even keeping up? I, I Don't ask me. I don't have the answers. <laughs> I don't have the answers. But I do appreciate you listening. I appreciate your support. You're going to enjoy this conversation. Um, I'm going to come right back to that in just a moment because we're about to get started but there are ways that you can contribute to Black in the Garden just by sharing, just by being intentional with your words and your actions. Actions being, you know, digital ways of sharing on social media, uh, telling somebody who maybe you just met or something like that. I hear stories pretty regularly of soil cousins who will be like, oh yeah, I found out about your show from my homie or my um, study group or, you know, I've even very proud to have heard a few times by now that some of you are being introduced to the Black in the Garden podcast through your, your college courses. Shout out to academia, okay, for recognizing the importance of this the information that is being shared here. And I certainly don't take that for granted. But you know what I also don't take for granted? Speaking engagements. I'm not Cola B talking for nothing. It literally has everything to do with the fact that I want to do as much as I can with this voice while I can still use it. And so it's not just the voice, but it is also the message uh, that is exploring all the ways that Black people have been engaged with plants. And so 
if you are listening and you are in academia or you know somebody who is and you know that they need a good speaker who's not going to bore them to death and have them falling asleep on their desks, you need to look at the episode notes. Get that email address and you need to shoot us an email so that we can get me booked to come and speak at your class or maybe your group, you know, garden group. Um, it's not just for the adults. It's also for youth and children as well. I am available. I have kids, so I know how to talk to kids. Uh, I have a lot of ways that I want to. The information that you hear on Black in the Garden, although this is not specifically a children's show, my kids have been on it a few times. If you've been listening, you know that. But this is content that can absolutely be um, be tailored to suit the needs of children as far as getting them excited, excited and inspired and motivated to know that there is a space for them in gardening, in horticulture, in agriculture and things like that. So we ought to be, uh, you ought to be in the episode notes by now sending me an email. Like that is the call to action is share, book me, get me booked, uh, get some merch, make sure that you use the affiliate link so that you can get your turtle. All right. And um, what we were doing specifically with this episode, we kind of changed uh, direction just a little bit because the Underground Arborist uh, National Tree Planting Tour started. And I realized that I definitely want to emphasize the importance of really um, highlighting what the the trees just for lack of a better word we're planting a native tree by the way in every state but uh we're not here to talk about all that we are here to get into this here episode but where we started out with the theme of season five was connecting plants to uh various subject matters and uh so we are going to kind of lean into that theme as well as you know highlight this uh very brilliant inventress <laughs> i made that word up <laughs> helen grainer we are going to we're going to uh talk to her and so highlighting her in that way but we are also <laughs> discussing uh the intersection of plants and technology Right. There's there's a lot of different ways that we could uh, take that particular theme and make sure that you look for that text number. I don't have it memorized. My bad. I don't have it memorized by now, but it is in the episode notes. So please text me if you are wanting to contribute uh, some information that uh, could be useful or just some thoughts or, you know, your feedback concerning plants and technology and uh we will, and I'll definitely get back to you on that. But that's all I got to say about all of those things because I'm ready to get this here episode rolling. Y'all, one more thing, just one more thing, right quick, right quick. Obviously, you have you started your seeds yet? Oh my God, I usually, I'm usually way better at this. <laughs> but yeah, you have my text number. You have this number reach out to me. Let me know what's going on as you are preparing all of the things, all of the plants, all the seeds and all of that for the spring. I want to know. I'm genuinely interested. Why would I not be? Like, this, this is my jam. But uh, the jam of the day is turtle. All right. 
So we're going to get right here into this conversation with Helen Grainer and uh, just an ultimate plantrepreneur, just doing it real big and um, very proud, very proud. So without further ado, y'all enjoy this interview and Soil Cousins. I'm not going to hit you on the other end of this. So I'm going to go ahead and wish you, you, I'm talking to you, point to your chest, you, <laughs> love, light, and soil. Hey, Soil Cousins, we are here today to discuss what plants got to do with technology and what a show we have for you because we're actually going to talk to the robotics girl, Helen Grainer. So we're talking about technology in the garden and Helen Grainer is the founder of iRobot and the CEO of Turtle. She is a certified plantrepreneur. Y'all know how we love those. She's done everything from oil mining robots to commercial cleaning robots, and even has had a doll by Hasbro. I heard about it. <laughs> so Helen, welcome to the Black in the Garden. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. We are just very excited to learn more about what you've been doing to arrive at the intersection of robots, or robotics rather, in the green industry or, you know, horticulture, plants, gardening, because you have created this really cool uh, invention. Is it an invention or a product or both? Um, turtle, it's an, yes. it's an invention actually. It's a whole new way to weed. So wow. the, the CEO of Turtle, Turtle being the product that is a weeding robot, but uh, you're gonna tell us all about it. So when did you start gardening? <laughs> well, my, my mom and my parents had a garden. My, you know, we had a, 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 a piece of land and my dad dug up a quarter of it and put in vegetables. And, you know, my mom was mm -hmm. always into it. And I just have fond memories as a child of going out and picking tomatoes off the vine mm -hmm. and uh, peas straight off the vine. And just how nothing else compares to it when you get fresh food off the vine. It's just incredible. Yeah. And so um, let's just back up a little bit because, I mean, of course, y'all recognize there's an accent happening. And Helen shared while we were in the green room before we got started <laughs> that you grew up in London and then you spent some time. I was, I, I was born in London. I grew up on Long, Long Island and mm -hmm. I moved to Boston to go to university. And uh, I like to say it's amazing I can speak at all with those three very, very strong accents that I've grown up with. It, it really, it takes a lot for you to be able to, to articulate in a way that we all understand is <laughs> what I, it's what you said. And shout out to you for, for powering through because mm -hmm. that's what the accent is. And we just want to give you all a little backstory mm -hmm. on that. But this experience that you had with gardening, that took place in Long Island? Long Island, yes. So you started out with a love early on of gardening. And that coming from your experiences, just, you know, being very organically exposed to it because your parents were growing food. Mm -hmm. So I understand that you started in robotics at an early age, um, around 11. And so you're gardening and you're getting interested in robots uh, as a child. And I'm sure you probably did not imagine that by now as an adult, <laughs> you would be making a living as combining those two things. I never would have imagined that, right? right. I, saw Star, I saw Star Wars when I was 11 and I was hooked on R2-D2. It's like, 
Really? Okay. I'm not the best Star Wars Star Wars person, so y'all don't hold that against me. But <laughs> R2D2, is that the copper looking one? No, no, he's, he's the pedantic one that, you know, very straight, the English one. <laughs> um, R2D2 is the cute little emotive one that saves the universe and has a personality mm. and emotions. <laughs> so he's, is he like the short one that's more yes. like a cylinder? Yeah, yeah, more like okay. a garbage can. Oh, wow. So gosh, have you ever had an experience where you got to create something in all of your robotics experience similar to R2-D2? Well, I, 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 I believe we're not there yet, right? Because mm -hmm. um, R2-D2 is amazing, uh, saves the universe. But, um, you know, with Roomba, um, people buy it as an appliance, but when they get it home, it kind of bleeps and bloops. And it's like, it, they start treating it like a pet. And one study oh. said that two thirds of the owners name it. And so I think we're starting to get there where people, you know, have a bond with the robot. And mm. then um, some of the robots that we actually built for the military, um, you know, credited with saving the lives of um, uh, uh, hundreds of soldiers and thousands of civilians. This is at iRobot. Wow. And mm. uh, they were doing bomb disposal over in Afghanistan and, and, and Iraq. And so, um, you know, I'm very proud of those robots too. And they, um, you know, I think we're getting to the point where robots are, uh, you know, getting they're part of our on a little tiny part of the way to r2d2 i see that and so have you ever been approached with questions about um well not questions but people with concerns about how our culture having more robots involved and how that's like taking away from the human experience is that something that you thought about or, or have addressed before well, there's multiple dimensions. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think having a Roomba sweeping your floors uh, is taking away from the experience. I don't really like that experience of sweeping yeah. or um, mopping your floors as the brava that mops the floors too. Mm -hmm. I think it's really um, uh, helpful. And I, I envision yeah. these uh, large numbers of robots that are just helpful around the house like um, or in the garden, like, like, like the turtle. Yeah. Did you grow up watching the Jetsons? I did, yes. What was that like for you? Was that part of your inspiration as well? Um, I, I think it was, right? But we're nowhere near Rosie yet. Rose, Rosie's Aww. a tough act to follow because she could do all the chores around the house. Whereas right. the state of robotic technology, I, you know, I think it's better and more cost effective to take mm -hmm. one chore and do it robotically instead of doing it like a human. Mm -hmm. uh, like 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 the turtle, right? It doesn't go out and manipulate and pick a weed. Like you would see a weed and you say, that's a weed and you'd pull it up. Mm -hmm. um, the turtle is, um, it, oh, it, yeah. it does the job robotically. It's, it's a little green guy, you can see. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. um, and it, with its wheels, it's churning up the soil and getting, um, keeping seeds from germinating. And if one dares oh. pop its little head up, off with its head <laughs> with a spinning right. weed whacker. So, wow. but I really love the way that you broke that down. That makes a lot of sense to consider. Rosie was doing everything, including giving sass. And <laughs> we are just focusing on one task at a time by creating something like you started out with iRobot. You mentioned the Roomba. That's mm -hmm. one of your creations. Um, and I want to 
I want to get to the turtle and and I love that it's that one task thing where it's specifically dealing with weeds as we're of course discussing the intersection of plants and technology mm -hmm. but when you are creating these robots I'm just like imagining you in a lab what is that setting like where take us there is it you by yourself or is no no um in fact um turtle was uh conceived of by the same person who worked for me at iRobot that mm. um invented the Roomba and the way you get them to market is a small team dedicated individuals who are really passionate about it like we had at iRobot and like we have at turtle that mm. they just believe in the idea like we believe that a robot should be doing um the weeding yeah Absolutely. And so how much weeding, how much weeding did you have to do before you realized, you know what? Yes, let's definitely get that to the market. I imagine that in your adult life, you've been out because you have your own garden, right? I do. Mm -hmm. And I what's do. the process like for you manually? Because, you know, let's go ahead and just push it up there and yeah. make this comparison between your laborious out there yeah. while you're on your knees? What do you- Well, I gotta, I gotta tell you before the turtle, mm -hmm. um, well, when I was doing iRobot, I didn't even bother to have a garden because I know going to a garden and it's a weedy mess, that's mm -hmm. just, you know, it doesn't make you feel good, right? So yeah. I didn't even grow vegetables when I was doing iRobot because I know I didn't have, I knew I didn't have time. Yeah. Um, once I put the turtle in my garden um, a few years back, it was like night and day that, you know, I'd go in my garden, it'd be fully weeded and um, I could concentrate on the fun parts of it. And, and for me, that's the planting, the pruning, the yeah. um, taking care of the plants and of course the harvesting and eating. So it really, it allowed you, your own creation, your own product allowed you to reconnect with your garden. Yes. Yes. That I also have them in my bamboo and my blueberries and, um, it just makes it, I, I've got a lot of other weeding to do around. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of weeding. I, I go out and weed a lot of mornings, but not in my vegetable garden and not in my blueberries um, because the turtle unfortunately doesn't work everywhere. It does depend on kind of a level-ish surface up to like eight or 10 degrees um, slope. And it, um, it does depend on some spacing between the plants. And if you have um, you know, really close packed flower gardens or hedges and stuff. It's not going to work for you there, but maybe yes. one day we'll build one that does. Yeah. Like maybe a small, like a really small mm -hmm. one. I would imagine it would need exactly. to be. Exactly. That's a very important distinction to make. And it's important to, cause I'm sure someone's wondering like, well, where exactly can I put it? And mm -hmm. you know, I'm just thinking yeah. about that first community garden plot that I had and how, I took some time away from it and it got mm -hmm. overwhelmed with weeds. Mm -hmm. If the weeds have gotten to a certain like height, can they, can it still address it? No, you have to start with a weeded garden. The use case is you put it in at the beginning of the year or you mm -hmm. weed one last time, the last time, <laughs> and then you put it in. And then if you have seeds that you've buried, you, we have these um, plant guards, they're small metal pieces of wire you just pop in over the seedling or row guards that just have straight edges that cover an entire row. And that mm. they're actually really good at marking where you put things so you don't tread on them anyway. Mm. Um, but they protect the smaller things. And once they get to four inches tall or you've bought them at a garden center 
and just put them in. You don't have to do anything. The robot has sensors on it that detects the plants through capacitance mm -hmm. and it'll negotiate around them and cover the entire ground several times a day. Several times. Okay. And I'm glad that you mentioned entire ground because I, I'm, I'm, my question is the size, like the perimeter size of a space. Can it do like a whole football field? Like no, no. It's about 200 square feet with one turtle, but you can put in more than one, more than one turtle. They can work together. Mm -hmm. um, I have larger than 200 square feet. I just pop two turtles in. Oh, go off. Okay. So I, I have to really appreciate the name turtle. Cause that's not lost on me. It's like a, yeah. it, a little cute little um, creature that you would welcome into your garden. Unlike deer or <laughs> right. Right. or rabbits or anything like that. And um, that also leads me to another question. I'm just but, it, but it also, ter, mm -hmm. it means earth, like T-E-R. And then till is to, you know, kind of dig up. So it's a nice combination of the two words as well. Y'all did that. Shout out to the person who came up with that name. It was very clever. You, you knew, you were like, that's the one. That's how you yep. felt when you heard it, right? Yep, yep. Definitely. And, and also in regard to creatures and your experience with robotics, and I know you have like so many other things that you would like to put out on the market, I would imagine sometime in the future. What about the, um, what about those rodents? What about those deer and those gophers and stuff? Is there something like that that addresses that or, or is that something that you would like to see in the future? I think that might be something that we take on uh, in, in the future, we don't have something like that now, but I can tell you, I have had reports from people that have a turtle that say that the pests do stay away um, more. And um, some folks from down south, they, they told me that they had a cricket problem. I, we don't have that here. so <laughs> And yeah. they didn't have that problem when they had a turtle running, running around. Mm. So with that in mind, I mean, that's amazing. That is, I like the concept that you put it in the garden to get the weeds, mm -hmm. but it can also be a deterrent for a larger, like, what do we call them? Broken? Right, except, except it really only comes on every, it's solar powered, so you don't have to go charge it like your cell phone. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it comes on for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes at a time throughout the day um, mm -hmm. when it gets a, enough charge in it. And it works for a little while, then it stops, it charges up, it goes to try and sit in a sunny place. So it's, oh. it's very clever, but it's not on all the time looking for um, intruders. That makes sense. That makes sense. So um, what about other tech that's happening in the industry? Like, can you tell us about some of like the biggest tech that's happening in, some, in the garden or with plants in general? Um, well, we think Turtle's pretty big. Um, the other thing that I love in the garden, maybe not the vegetable garden, but um, picture this. Um, picture this is uh, an app. I, I'm sure you've used it, but you go take a picture of a plant and it tells you exactly what it is. Oh, yeah. um, and it's not as useful in the vegetable garden because you pretty much know what you've planted and you know what you didn't plant is a weed. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's been invaluable to me around the garden because I can discover if something's a native plant and I should leave it. I can discover mm -hmm. if it's a wildflower, but it's not flowering right now. And normally I just pull it up, but then it's like, oh, wait, mm -hmm. this is going to be lovely in, in, in a month. Um, yeah. So that's been very, very helpful. You can tell if it's poison ivy if you don't know how to recognize it. Like so many great applications. Um, yeah. 
We love those. And so you mentioned uh, the turtle making the distinction between your desired crops and the mm-hmm. weeds. How yes. do you program it to do that? Well, it has um, senses and a- anything that is short, the boomba, uh, the turtle says it's, <laughs> it's a weed. It's a weed, it's a weed. <laughs> um, and it's also scrubbing the soil continually with its wheels to make sure things don't germinate. Uh, it pops up its head and the weed whacker um, cuts it off. But if it touches the shell of the turtle, it knows that it's large enough to be a plant and it uses its senses and its onboard intelligence to negotiate around it. Um, so it's actually a, a very smart little robot that's um, just living in your garden. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is that is just such an amazing thing that like, you know, we could imagine it would be in the garden of the Jetsons. Yes. <laughs> so what else are y'all cooking up in the um, in the iRobot lab? Is that what it's called? Uh, turtle, turtle, turtle lab. Turtle lab, okay. Turtle lab. Uh, well, we're actually announcing a new product today on your show. <laughs> uh, go, yeah. What is it? Uh, well, it's not a robot. It's yeah. a it, it, it's a garden plan, and um, we believe it'll solve another problem that uh, home gardeners have, which is making sure that they have healthy soil. Um, so we're going to ship people the right fertilizers, the right fertilizers at the right time, right to their doorstep. And mm-hmm. um, so you know how every garden site recommends that you do a soil test every three years, and I'm you sure definitely. you do too, right? <laughs> but nobody ever gets around to it. Uh, our customers are just going to simply mail back in the free soil test that's included in the first box. And mm-hmm. uh, we're going to, um, you know, we're using the results that Cornell School of Agriculture has developed over the decades. It's been doing research into the, into the field. They've got one of the best ag departments in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, get that data from the soil test right to the person's smartphone. And mm. at the same time, send them the right fertilizer that they need, depending on the nutrients in their soil. Um, so we're very excited about this because um, we're going to take on the soil chemistry and the soil science so people can have this, you know, the wild garden that they've always wanted. That's, that's really integrative. You said that based on the results of the soil test would determine what kind of fertilizer is sent out. Yes. That makes a big difference because I would imagine that, you know, the soil composition, I know words, Mm -hmm. can certainly be a huge factor in in what you would need to make sure your plants have everything that they need. And for a beginner gardener, I can imagine that this would be something that would really be a big help to them. It would take some of the guesswork out. Right. Because, you know, as we, you know, as I've been talking about the weeding robots, i been talking to a bunch of gardeners and some beginning gardeners don't even know that the plants use up all the all the nutrients so quickly the vegetables are heavy heavy eaters and um you know you have to replace them uh so you know you usually you know you put good soil in there and you get results for the first two years and then all of a sudden you get a crappy crop right (laughs) and you Mm. don't know why so we're really trying to help folks who have that experience uh, not have to learn all about the NPK and the micronutrients and the pH and everything, but just do that for them and get them what they need. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of them will go further. A lot of them will go further. And I know you've, um, you, you've started the uh, composting society. 
Um, yeah. So people will go further and do that in their gardening journey, but to get them started, to get them that first step to have a, a, a nutritious and delicious crop, I think this is really going to help them out. Doing that science for, I remember getting started and thinking, wow, I was excited. Like there wasn't really anything maybe outside of bugs that um, took away from my enthusiasm for planting. <laughs> um, and like I mentioned earlier with, okay, what do y'all got going on? Possibly could you do something about these deer? She's working on it, y'all. She, we we yeah. don't see what she comes up with. What about with bugs though? I just, I'm thinking of hornworms horn now. Um, is that something that that you've considered? Because I'm I can't imagine that I'm the first person to ask you. Right, this. right. Well, what we what we believe is getting like the smartphones are so powerful, right? And you really want to have you have it in the garden with you. What we want to do first is get people the data and a logging tool for their smartphone. We're going to have it so people can take a picture of a problem in their gardens, like a bug, and send it to one of our expert gardeners. And mm. that's all going to be a service that we give to our um, garden plan customers. Mm. Okay, so y'all have thought out a mm. lot. And I know that it's a lot of hard work between you and your team. And so- um, uh, But we're launching today. We're launching today. So we're excited. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Y'all definitely will we'll get into all the details uh, mm. when we wrap up the episode. But I do have a very important question coming on. Y'all, uh, spoiler alert, Helen is not black. Okay, but I'm black, you know, I'm Cola, it's black in the garden, so y'all understand what it is, you know the vibes, but considering the vibes, Helen, we want to talk about access in mm -hmm. ways that you are considering how you have, how long have you been in robotics? All my life. <laughs> At the age of 54, you came out of um, college, so a solid 20 years then. Probably 30. <laughs> Wow. Well, even more so. So in your time, when you first got started, I can imagine that was what, like the 90s? I was in university in the 80s. Oh, and so you were studying robotics. And mm -hmm. what was it like between you being a woman? Uh, I'm thinking, I'm considering, were you like the only woman in the space? <laughs> um. Uh, when I was at university, as you know, the whole group of us, it was only one in 10, um, on 10% women uh, mm -hmm. at MIT. And um, what about people of color in, in that space? Uh, I, I don't know the numbers, um, but it was pretty low. It was um, noticeably low. Right, right. And that's changed for, for women at, at MIT. Women is now uh, almost 50% women, but mm -hmm. I think underrepresented minorities are still low wow okay so we're talking about there's still so from the time that you started to um thinking about more recent times when you maybe observed a group of people in robotics specifically not mm -hmm. a lot of black people yeah well I actually i was privileged to work with some brilliant um Black people, when we founded iRobot, um, yeah. James McLaughlin, he's doing swarm research in the 90s on robotics, and then he went to be a professor at Vice. Joel Dawson went on to be a professor at MIT and now has his own company. So um, it's, it's not that there weren't Black people around in robotics. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and not I think they, not a lot, not, not a lot, no. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's just barriers, um, especially when it comes to having access at a young age to be able to spark yeah. that interest. 
in that right. field because of course you know like you said you were enamored by r2d2 when you were just a very impressionable child and so um what are ways that you could kind of or maybe you have been like an r2d2 for <laughs> maybe like a black kid as far as um helping them to stimulate uh, get you know interested right right in that field. Well, what I try to do to help is, um, you know, I believe robots are like a catnip that get kids interested in science and technology. Not everyone's going to work in robotics, but mm-hmm. um, science and technology is amazing field to work in because it's so creative. You can have a really high impact with your, uh, with the work you do. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I take the Roombas and now the turtles, I speak at events for children and get them to think about technology, not as something you buy, but something you can create and ask them what their ideas, what kind of a robot do they want around the house or what do you think could have, you know, help the world. And you'd be amazed that they all have ideas. They all want to build. And now with the first competitions and bot ball, um, you know, children are doing it in uh, grade school and high schools and coming to college with that base of technology that, you know, I never even dreamed of. Mm. That's amazing. I love that you you use that. What a cool reference, catnip. Yeah. <laughs> because really, you know, there's just like that, that it's just a small spark and it can really mm-hmm. lead to it a can. fire of interest. And yeah, um, it, it really does help when you find that interest at a young age because it can help you to kind of determine a path that you can set yourself on to be on for life and what an advantage that you have when you get to start out earlier and younger in it. So I can certainly appreciate that you have given it enough thought to recognize that, hey, we just need to get you interested uh, so that we can try to figure out how we can, you know, really nurture that interest. So- um, Right, and work on things where you can have an an impact. Um, And I think with robotics, I can have an impact because kids just love robots. Um, yeah. And so you get to make, I love that. Oh, by, by the way, we are going to get kids more involved in gardening through the robots as well. If they've got an interest in robots, you suck them into the garden because that's going to have a wonderful impact on their life as well to be able to grow your own food, to understand how plants grow, uh, yeah. you know, all the things that are benefit for your, you know, for your whole life by gardening. How are the kids responding to the turtle? Have you heard any reports? I, um, I mean, I, I, I believe they love it. I've been a little constrained recently with the, you know, the COVID plague and mm-hmm. getting out there as much, but, um, you know, where we have been able to, to, to show it at farmers markets and the like, um, you know, kids really do respond to and ask questions about how it works, which we like to see, how does it work rather than just, you know, buying it. Or, or going and tearing it apart. Exactly. (laughs) Did you do that when you were a kid? Were you the one that was taking stuff apart? I was the one on the, you know, the family um, computer became mine pretty soon and I was the one hacking on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the big computer. That was way before the laptops. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I really appreciate you uh, giving us all this insight and helping us to understand a little bit more about the connect connection between uh, plants and the garden. No, not plants in the garden, obviously. Plants and technology. Hello, that's what we're talking about. So the turtle is such a cool innovation 
We love innovation. We love, uh, Helen, that you are such a plantrepreneur in this space, in this way, and you've come a long way. And we want to know more about how we can uh, get us a turtle. Well, you can um, follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if, um, if you say you saw me on Black in the Garden, connect to me on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, she's giving y'all permission to connect on the LinkedIn. I probably need to go ahead and do that myself at this moment. But uh, those are the ways that we can find the turtle. And uh, we will also have in the show notes an affiliate link to make sure that when you go and you get your turtle, you get you a cute little discount. All right. We'll talk more about that. Um, we'll add that in the, y'all know how we do. But um, yeah, so check the show notes for all of that information. And uh, y'all make sure that y'all go and uh, see how that turtle can help you out so you won't be out here breaking your back trying to get to all these weeds. But I am Cole to be talking. And when I conclude these interviews, I want to thank you, Helen, for giving us all this incredible insight. And I want to wish you love, light, and soil. Oh, thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs>